Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, like, I've been submitting, like, writing packets to, like, different, like, shows and things. Some of them, like, you know, were asked and some of them were just things I found online. And uh, I was just wondering if you had any ideas of, I guess, how to make a packet stand out more. Um, or if I if it's helpful to include like say like a comedy resume or any sort of like I guess separate stand-up or sketches like aside from what you've written or would you say that most writers packets are just read as purely as writer writers packets this is a bonus episode of the Arts Academy podcast how to make a memorable writers packet a one-on-one session with Victor Arnato with special guest Calvin Cato Hey everybody, we are back. It's me, Dean Victor Vernado of the New York Alt Arts Academy uh, with our one-on-one studio sessions where uh, artists get to ask any question they want to ask. Today, it's Calvin Cato. Hey, Calvin. Hello, how are you doing? Good, thank you for wearing a shirt. Now, (laughs) I'm just uh, referring to, I saw you in a video online where you had no shirt on. It was really funny. (laughs) My wife and I were laughing at it quite a bit. (laughs) I keep forgetting. (laughs) I keep forgetting. And then I was like, ah, screw it. I'll just pretend it's a thirst trap. I just like didn't shot this whole thing very quickly. It was really funny. It was great. Thank you. Uh, But anyway, here we are. Uh, You can ask any questions you want and I'll try to answer them. We've got a half hour. So uh, why don't we start at the top? Okay, um, so uh, I actually, so I know that you did uh, some voiceover work for video games, and so I was curious about like how you got into that. Uh, like, well, do you, go ahead. Um, like, do you, is there like a separate sort of agency that deals with that, or like, did you just already have a reel, or how does that work? Uh, well, I can tell you, I actually got in in a very different way because I was actually the voiceover director of that video game. So I didn't have to audition because I came in as head writer. And then as the head writer, I also became the voiceover director because it was a comedy video game. So I became the voiceover director. And then I just started doing characters because who's going to stop me? But I can tell you that if you do want to get into video games, uh, one of the first things that is really useful is some sort of real because anytime you want to get into video games, uh, people are going to be saying to you, hey, do you have a reel? And so a reel is like, yeah, the number one thing. Uh, if you know how to do audio engineering, you can make your own reel. If you don't know how to do audio engineering, it might be a good idea to team up with somebody who does to then make your reel. Um, there's a couple of different ways to figure out how to make a reel. One way is to look up voiceover artists that you like, go to their websites, their reels are probably right there. And you can basically copy the formats that they do. Um, if you if that's not available to you, uh, there are people who will help you make your reel, of course, for a price. But there are also free tutorials online. There are tons of voiceover actors 
uh, have YouTube channels where they talk about how to do voiceover work and how to get uh, started with the reel, actually. And you can you can just go to YouTube and type in how to get started in a voiceover. And there's so many voiceover actors who actually do prominent video games and cartoons, and they're just doing their YouTube channels. The reason they do it and they dispense all this information is because they have a lot of downtime. Like if they're a working voiceover actor, then they're actually in the studio for a couple of hours a month. And then the rest of their time is just downtime. And so they start these YouTube channels where they just dispense information for free. Um, I think doing that as your main route of like learning, that's where you're going to learn the absolute most. Like they're going to give you way better information than I'm going to give you. I just know they exist because uh, some of them are people who I met in the industry. And then I checked out the YouTube channels and then I realized, Oh, they're just telling everybody how to do their job, which people are really interested in. And so you should definitely just go that route and start getting into the YouTube channels of voiceover artists because they teach you everything you need to know. They teach you how to make a home setup. They teach you what elements you might need in your own voiceover reel. And they also teach you how to get started. Um, if I were trying to get started in voiceover, I would do two things. I would do voiceover for little projects or my own projects to see just to make sure that I have like something that actually work. I would study those channels like it was college because those are professionals working in the industry, giving away all that information for free. I would do that as well. Uh, and then I would, I would find all, all of those places where voiceover artists can get started. For instance, like, Amazon has a site where voiceover artists can get started on doing uh, book voiceovers, like people who have uh, people who have books that they want to be audio on tape, or I guess it's not really tape anymore, just audio. They have books <laughs> that want to be audio. They'll put the jobs up there on this Amazon clearing site, where then you can just audition for those and get some voiceover work. If you want to, actually, I told this to somebody already. If you want to make money doing voiceover, um, when you don't know how to do voiceover, do Fiverr because as long as you can, as long as you can do it okay and you have an interesting or awesome voice, people will pay you because you can do little jobs that don't cost a lot at first, and then you can do more and more jobs as you as you gain skill. That's actually a way that you can spend enough money that you can eventually get like better and better equipment for yourself and then hopefully get out there and actually start doing it. I wish I could tell you exactly what the site's names are. There was a time when I was more interested in voiceover work and there are a lot of sites that specialize. There are voiceover audition sites that's just specialize in like, Hey, if you've got a reel, you can audition for these things. Also, there's voiceover work on every freelance site. There's voiceover like like um, uh, Upwork and Odesk. I think Upwork and Odesk have merged now. But Upwork, there's actually voiceover work on any type of uh, freelance. Um, I, I, I forgot exactly what the other term is for people who work on those Upwork sites. Gig workers. 
So there's tons of voiceover work on a lot of gig worker type sites. And then there are also sites that are specifically for voiceover only. If you're talking specifically video games, if I were you, I would start getting involved in the video game communities, especially game jam communities. That's actually a great idea for you because game jam are communities where people make video games in short amount short amounts of time like they'll make a game over a week and sometimes those people will be like hey can anybody do voiceover for my video games then you would have samples of your work i mean you wouldn't get paid for it but it would be a great way to get samples of your work out there and then you could get paid doing the other stuff that we talked about like for itch.io itch is a great place to go to get in, get in with game jam places or game jam communities, and then get your uh, get your voiceover on. Get your voiceover on. That's for free. That's just extra for free. I, I'm gonna record that one. <laughs> Seriously, thank you. This is thank you so much. No problem. Um, this actually. Answered a bunch of follow-up questions I had, so oh, that's great. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to answer as many questions as I can. This is awesome. Um, and then, um, it, what software would you recommend in terms of having voiceover? Like, if I have GarageBand, is that enough? I have GarageBand and Audacity right now, but I don't know if there's like other things that people are using now. Or I would say that GarageBand is not quite enough to be like a pro. Audacity is. In fact, people talk about that online, like those voiceover artists I was talking to you about. A lot of people talk about Audacity and use Audacity. I prefer I prefer a software that is widely used. So if something goes wrong, there's a lot of uh, customer support or community support for how to fix it. I use Adobe Audition. Uh, because it comes with the Adobe Creative Suite. You may not want to do the Creative Suite, but my Creative Suite basically pays for itself. I mean, I have the full version of all of the all of the uh, software for media creation. So I have Photoshop, Adobe Premiere, Adobe Illustrator, all of that stuff, and I pay $50 a month, but I definitely make more than $50 a month from its use. So... And, and if you just want one piece of software, it's like a lot, a much less amount. So like if you actually start, for instance, you could, for instance, go on Fiverr and start doing really simple voiceover work and probably earn $20 a month, which is more than enough to pay for audition for your, your monthly fee. Thank you. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Oh goodness. Okay. Now I feel bad. <laughs> Why do you feel bad? Um, oh, because I was like, oh, I guess I'll have these questions. But like, I mean, there's nothing to feel bad about. Like, this is very thorough. <laughs> um, so this is more of just like a general knowledge question. I'm just curious about this. Like, how does the hierarchy of a writer's room work? Like, the I know there's like writer assistants. I know there's like writer assistants. Well, in a writer's room, I'll tell you about one of the writer's rooms that I was in. Um, actually, the most recent writer's room I was in, I ran, but I'll tell you about a writer's room the way I wasn't running the writer's room where I was just, I was a writer. So this is for Eric Andre's movie that for some reason is like, 
has been on hold for coming out so long. But if you search for a movie called Eric Andre, Little Rel, uh, uh, Little Rel, and um, Tiffany Haddish called Bad Trip, that there's a movie that's coming out called Bad Trip, and it's like a prank movie, a road a road trip prank movie, kind of like Bad Grandpa, mm-hmm. but it's uh, but it's uh, Eric Andre and Little Rel and Tiffany Haddish. Anyway, so. I was in the gag writing room for that. And this is the way that room worked. In that room was the uh, the star, uh, which was Eric Andre, his right-hand man, who was his writer, his number one writer, who's been with him through his entire career, uh, Dan Curry. Like when they both started and nobody knew who either of them were, they were friends, and then they came up together and and now like Dan Curry is still uh the right hand man for Eric Andre which is awesome and uh and i i think that's a very good thing that that should happen all the time people people should rise with people that they care about and trust uh and then those two are in the room and then also in the room were just a bunch of writers just a, a handful of writers thrown in uh different genders races uh, and some writers room do that on purpose some writers rooms do that by happenstance but uh and some writers rooms are all white dudes they're all kinds uh anyway so in the writers room what ha- how it went down for that show was and I, I, I really liked the way Eric ran his writers room because he started by himself throwing out dumb ideas because he wanted to get people used to not being afraid to throw out dumb ideas. So he would start himself just chucking out dumb ideas. And then we would make fun of those ideas. And then we'd start throwing out our own ideas. And then the writer's room was off and running. Then while all of that is happening, while the writers are doing all of their, their uh, basic ideas and stuff like that, then the note taker, uh, would take notes on all of everything that was happening in the writer's room. So they would just be typing the entire time. And the writer's room also usually had snacks, so everybody was happy. And, and the note-taker <laughs> took all the notes. And then later on in the writer's room experience, whether it's a couple of days or if it's like a writer's room that lasts one day, then in the second half, like in the the last few days of the writer's room or the second half of that day of the writer's room, what people mostly do is they go through the good ideas they had and then they try to flesh them out. Okay. So then the writers go back over. That's what the, that's where the note taker comes in big because they've taken all the notes and then everybody goes over those notes. And then that becomes, that becomes the uh, fuel for what they flesh out next. And so that's how pretty much a writer's room works. And then you get a check a month later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, and I, I asked because, um, so like I've been submitting like writing packets to like different like shows and things. Some of them like, you know, were asked and some of them were just things I found online. And uh, I was just wondering if you had any ideas of, I guess, how to make a packet stand out more um, or if I, if it's helpful to include like, say like a comedy resume or any sort of like, I guess, separate stand-up or sketches, like aside from what you've written, or would you say that most writers packets are just read as 
purely as writer pa writer's packets. Um, well, I'm going to need a little bit of clarification. But before I do that, I want to say that you're talking about when I was talking about a writer's room, I was talking about usually they have a group of writers in a room at, at the same time to spruce up a script or come up with ideas for sketches or a show like that. That's not the same as what you're asking about exactly. What you're asking about is like oh. a job on a show, show, right? And and the writer's room that I was talking about can occur on those type of shows too, but a job on a show is different than in and out writer's room where they're just like, we need funny people to help spruce up this or come up with ideas for that. That's a different type of writer's room than I, than I think that you're asking about initially. You're kind of asking about like a straight up, how do you get a job in a in a as one of the writers on the show am i right about that yeah yeah oh, sorry okay. about that i didn't know no, it's, it's not a problem i just it's just uh that's i i answered the wrong question for you i mean although i feel like that's useful yeah. information but yeah it was <laughs> and it's still very good to know i okay yeah and i can tell you what i do to make my writing package stand out i can't say that it's what everyone should do and I don't know that it works for everyone. I I have a pretty good record in that when I do a writing packet for something, um, I would say that like one out of every four writing packets I send out, I get feedback on as in like a, a meeting at least. Right. So one out of four. Um, but I usually don't submit to things unless I know they like me anyway. So that may have that may color the way things work with me. Um, however, I have gotten uh, asked back when things were submitted blind, um, which is when they take the names off of the writing packets and they just read them blind. Uh, I think that was part of what you're asking about, like how does it go down when people are reading the writing writer's submissions? Yes. No? Yes. Okay, well, sometimes they read them blind, which means they'll take the names off of them and then they'll read them blind. And then they'll just go by whether or not the packet itself is actually funny, uh, which is, a, which is, a, I think a cool way to do it. The problem with that though, is sometimes they don't know. They'll be like, Oh, we think all these are funny. Oh no, they're all white dudes. So then they'll have to like <laughs> fix that. But what I do is I will put, I will put the first, like the first, thing that I put in my writing packet would be solidly funny, just like really funny, like a hundred percent pro funny comedy thing. That's that's the first thing in my writing packet. But the second thing will be shocking. Like so over the line that they're like, is this written by the same guy? But it will be funny, but it'll be just shocking. Like that's that's what I do with my writing packet. Like the first thing shows that I really know what I'm doing. And the second thing is just like over the line. And and then the rest of the writing packet is whatever else I think is funny should be in the writing packet. But I always do that so that they know that A, I know what I'm doing, but then B, this is how far I can go. <laughs> I mean, and actually sometimes it's not as far as I can go. And when I say shocking, that still means smart. Like I don't do, I don't put things in writing, my writing packets just to be over the line and shocking. Well, I mean, that's actually not true. I just said it was, I do things that are shocking on purpose, but I, I make it a, I make it worthwhile. 
like I always say that people can joke about anything. You can joke about, you know, whatever you want to joke about. And like n no subject is off, off limits. But if you're going to go to a taboo subject, it better be worth the journey. You don't want to do any lame jokes about, you know, like sexual assault. Don't do a lame joke about sexual assault. That's a very bad idea. If you're going to go there, it better be worth it. Cool. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> and um, I also had a question about pitches, like say like pitching an idea for a show to a network. Um, when it comes to a pitch, is it better to, let me start over. Um, okay. So for example, say I wanted to um, pitch kind of like a more like talky kind of show or like a panel kind of show that had a certain theme. Um, is it better to have a pitch that's more scripted or should it, is it better to have like kind of just like a, I guess like a one page sheet of like, this is what the show would be. These are the segments. Wait, what are you trying to pitch again? Say again. Uh, so like, um, like a panel show, for example, like say okay. like, for, um, for example, a, a while ago, I had pitched a show with my friend, uh, where we were going to discuss like, uh, like, um, kind of like niche, like black interests or interests that like people would not, people would think weren't stereotypically black, but would right. actually, but are things that like black people were interested in, for example, like camping or mm -hmm. uh, like water skiing or things like that. Um, if I were to pitch something like that to a network, would it be better to have like a set script of like, this is what a, B, and C would be, or would it be better to have a pitch as more of an essay where it's like, these are potential segments that would be part of that? Uh, I'm going to tell you C. It's a different thing. Okay. <laughs> if you have, if you're going to do a pitch, especially for something like a panel show, have video. Okay? Have video because that, I mean, imagine this, okay? Everybody who, all these people who run a network, one, people are going to pitch to them all the time. Uh, two, they don't have a lot of time. Three, a lot of people who work at networks and are going through pitches and, and develop uh, are not going to be interested in reading a lot of text. You, It's better to treat the people that you're pitching to like, uh, I mean, they're not kids, but treat them like kids. Things should be colorful. Things should be entertaining. Your pitch should be as as entertaining as your sh show is like as close to as entertaining as your show is as it's humanly possible um like if you're going to do a panel show shoot a little bit of that panel show like shoot shoot some of those even if it's lo-fi as long as it's funny like that's way better than anything you could actually pitch on uh paper or t or in pdf format however it should be accompanied with a PDF, which is your pitch deck. Like for me, a pitch deck uh, usually consists of a title page, which gets people excited, which basically just looks like a movie poster splash page of a pitch deck. Then a page, which is a brief overview of exactly what the show is. Uh, just like a, a quick summary of, you know, this show is, two wild guys who have crazy ideas. We're black. Who? But black people don't go camping. What do they think about it? 
Okay, so that's the second page. Then the trailer or the sizzle reel or whatever you have to support it, like video, it that that would be great. Because the first thing that they're going to ask is, what is this? That's what your title page answers. The second question they're going to go is, okay, what kind of show is this? That's what your summary answers. And then the third thing they're going to be like is, oh, I wish I could see some of this to get an idea of like if it's good or not. And then if your sizzle reel is good, then they'll be ready to go through the rest of the stuff because they want to know if they're wasting their time as quickly as possible. You need to show them that they're not wasting their time as quickly as possible. And Thank so you so after, much. No problem. So after that, after that initial teaser, in fact, sometimes when I pitch to people, I will just say, hey, I have a pitch deck and a teaser for this thing. Do you mind if I send you the teaser so you can just take a look at it? It's And I'll even in the email say it's 90 seconds long. <laughs> no, but that gets better responses than say, hey, I've got a, a video for a show. Can you take a look at it? Because they don't know what they're committing to. But if you say, I've got a 90-second teaser, I've got a 60-second teaser, I've got a two-minute teaser, they know what they're getting into, and it's easier for them to say yes. Try to make it as easy as possible for them to say yes, and you're doing good. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. That was seriously, like, all the things. Um, also, do you, you know that you're... A question. You can do whatever you want. Okay, I mean, do you know how nice you are to do this? Um, no, yes and no. Yes and no. Here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm surprised when people... I Actually, I'm not surprised. Here's the raw truth of how I feel about what I'm doing is I feel sad that we live in a world that people are surprised when other people are nice. <laughs> I feel I, I'm sad about that, but uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's I think it's good to try to be nice to people, and I'm not hurting anybody by giving away this information. I'm not hurting my career. You still have to do the work. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 people think that they people a lot of people think that by sharing information they're hurting themselves, like they're creating competition for themselves. I don't think of it that way. I think of it that I'm just giving you information that you need and can use. And more than once, people have gone on to be successful uh, because I've freely helped people. And some people are I've helped in one way or another are more successful than I am. I am. But for instance... Like I cast Eric Andre in a thing that I made, the awkward comedy show. Eric Andre, who's a very big star, he brought me in, and I was one of his writers on his on his new movie. That's cool. That's totally fine. And he doesn't owe me that. I don't expect that at all. But I just feel like my career has gone better by being nice to people than it has by hoarding information. That's super nice. I really appreciate that. Just because I feel like. It's just weird to, I guess, be, I feel like I've been doing this and I feel like I should know things and I never really know, A, how to ask. And I feel like it's, I just, sometimes I just never know when to, where to start. And and I've just, I felt that way a lot where certain people feel like they're, 
just being cagey about things. Whereas I don't know, I feel like, for example, if I knew certain things, I would freely help people. And I have done that. So this is yeah, very and, nice. And, and you should. And I think that, I mean, it does hold people back. Like people act like it's some sort of like wild magic to uh, get things going in the entertainment industry. It's not, but it it is like a a guarded language, I guess. And there's no reason that it should be. I mean, nobody... Yeah, there's no reason that it should be. Everybody should be able to just have the information they need to get started because that doesn't mean they're going to necessarily be successful. They still have a lot of work to do. They still have to be talented and they still have to do it. In fact, I will tell you that if you were to ask me, is it more important to be super, super talented or or really good at finishing stuff? I tell you, it's really good. If you want to make it entertainment, it's more important to be really good at finishing stuff because it's you can you know for a fact everybody knows i know this you know this whatever it is that you're trying to do or the stuff that you're really good at there's somebody who is way worse than you right now making millions doing that <laughs> that's just true but that's not that's not on the world being like why do they like that terrible person that's not it's not the world's fault that's not their fault for being bad at what they bad at you know untalented but successful it's not their fault that you're not successful it's it's our fault it's our fault because we have work to do honestly it's very true i can't (laughs) um and that's it uh seriously thank you for this no problem, man. Thank you for doing the show. Uh, when we put out this episode, I'll let you know. Yeah, please do. Thank you. I God, this is great. I just also, as I'm in, you know, month whatever of this, I just want to try to like learn some skills and finally like develop some stuff. So this is really, really helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not a problem at all. I'm really happy to do it. I do have to do a little wrap up for the podcast. Uh-huh. i do that right now. Uh, so everybody, please check out the podcast at artsacademypodcast.com. Uh, you can also see the school at altartsacademy.com where we have a uh, bi-weekly free webinars where we teach people how to do things. So check those out and join our Facebook group and all that jazz, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to hit the button. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 